You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I am your host, AreYouScreening.com's own <coughs> Mark Eastman, and with me as always... <laughs> Is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. <clears throat> Couldn't wait. I was doing it all before and now. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, the so this week, uh, as we said recently um, in our last show, you know, from now on, probably through like the end of January, um, because who knows how this will go exactly. Um, we will be doing like several movies at a time and trying to get through all of this crazy stuff before awards. Yeah. And uh, speaking of awards, not this necessarily means anything to anyone right but this friday is uh the deadline to nominate for the critics choice so right i mean i've watched like 18 movies you've been been busy (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a little daunting although i will say um for a really long time i hated this year and uh, it's kind it's picked up a little bit yeah Uh, not quite the nosedive it was although i'll tell you that in itself kind of ticks me off. You mm-hmm. know how uh, we're constantly talking about how the year makes no sense to us anymore. Right. Uh, right. You know, to like young people, I suppose, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't mean anything, right? Because right. uh, uh, they are, you know, they are in their own world of growing up with summer not necessarily meaning anything anyway. Right. So they don't know right. to they miss it, right? right? They didn't have Saturday morning cartoons, so quit. Shaking your fist at me, old man. Anyway, right. uh, but so like there is really no summer, but uh, it it kind of ticks me off more this year because now it's like you can't have any good movies until the end of the year. Right. Like right. everyone is uh, <laughs> is so fixated on this idea that if we're making this movie and we think it might win an award. Right. Then it's got to come out like the day before the awards, or yeah. else everyone will forget about it yeah. and stuff. And you know, I don't know, whatever the case may be, which is kind of funny for the Oscars. Like the Oscars should be closer to the beginning of the year. Yeah. They keep kind of inching Sliding. farther away yeah. a little bit. Uh, and now the movies are like, well, wait, how do we get them to see it? Right. Well, it has to come out on like December thirty first. I guess that's as yeah, good that's as the it way. gets, or yeah, whatever. It's messed up. Uh, but you have like all these uh, much earlier in the year, like film festivals, where mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff comes out because we want people to talk about it. But at the same time, it right. has to come out really late. So, man, like the the beginning of the year has always been rough, right? <laughs> it's always January dry. has yeah. always been the time where it's like garbage movies. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I don't know. We're trying to just fill seats with maybe anything right Right. and like january into february whatever but now it's like the first half of the year yeah uh, like completely and maybe you get like a superhero movie and and that's it right right? but so anyway the point of all that uh random babbling is i've actually seen a few movies that i liked so yeah the it's not the complete pile of garbage year that it was for a really long time. We spent a long time this year going to movies without anything that we were real happy about. Nothing so. wild, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. I was looking just a little bit ago. It's it's strange that it's December to me, but also 
it was sometime in October that I was looking at the list and I was imagining like what was coming up. Maybe it was right after we did one of these, like, here's what the next couple months is doing. Right, right. And I was looking back and I'm like, I mean, I've got to make a best list. <laughs> but <laughs> some point. is it going to be that different from the, just the meh? Right, you know, like right. there was nothing. I looked and I looked back through and there were a couple like we had given it like a nine. But they were few and far between. There's a whole pile of like sixes. Right. And I don't know if you can have a best. And I think you got to have like a top 10 list where like. You know, eight, nine, and ten right. are all like, I don't even oh, no, go no. see it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like if my best list had a seven as the number one film, I'm not doing a list that year. <laughs> right. Like, I can't. That that's the list is the year that just didn't make sense. Like, so looking back on it, I I was really stunned looking through all of them, being like mediocre, okay, right. average, right. little above average, but nothing was really stunning. And so, I and I do have to say before we get into the movies, uh, I'll throw out. Uh, real quick, that what we're going to cover this week is a uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood out in theaters now. For- Ford versus Ferrari, we got to catch up because that came out a little while ago. And Marriage Story, right. which uh, is out and it's, isn't. It's yeah. like a, its own weird <laughs> thing. But actually, it, you know, it, it had its quick theatrical release, I think, in like two days. Yeah. It comes out <laughs> yeah. on Netflix or I think so. whatever. It's really I don't weird. Know. What a weird year. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a very weird year. But uh, the one thing I want to say about uh, nominating, since we're talking about awards coming up and what a crappy year it is, uh, if you go to these, you know, there's places everywhere. Uh, there's like Gold Derby is like a, a big thing. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's tons of other awards circuit and whatever places that are trying to, I don't know, set the Vegas line on what yeah, movie's right. going to win or right. whatever it yeah. is. Right. Uh, and you know, a lot of them have the Irishman. Yeah. As basically the movie, to, the horse to beat at this point right. is the Irishman. Like the Irishman is, uh, is sitting as front runner in a weird year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know, it's close with other things, but a lot of people are picking that. And I'm not even going to nominate it. Wow. (laughs) That movie is not anything like the best movie of this year. And I don't even like this year. But <laughs> if I if I if I nominate, um, you know, I don't think it's any sort of secret, right? The Critics' Choice nominations, right? You pick three movies and put them in order, right? And uh, and then there is some algorithm ensues, right? right. And it's uh, it's it's like um, <laughs> the Oscars have kind of shied away from talking about this the last couple years, like exactly what happens. But back when they like first made their choice, they were all like bragging about it, right? right. And they were like, "Oh, it's a whole algorithm, and then there will be the top ten movies because of whatever you know, inclusivity, wh- whatever and, yeah. crap goes into the algorithm, right?" <clears throat> and uh, so we pick three movies, and we have to put them in order, right. and then that algorithm spits out what the nominations are, yeah, whatever, right. um, who rated it in what position. Yada yada yada, yeah. right? And then, you know, some movie that like one guy, but right. the algorithm says one guy, that yeah. you still got <laughs> every, everything else was tied, right? right? Yeah, and, and basically it ends up depending on the year. Uh, you know, like eighteen percent of people voted for like six different movies, right. number one, right? And there you go. I don't know. Anyway, 
Uh, but so we have to pick three. There's no way in hell that the Irishman would be any of my three movies this year. Yeah. And, and I didn't love that much stuff this year to begin with. Yeah. Um, but there are movies that are way better than that. And it's just, it's, it's weird. The combination of reactions to that, right? First of all, there are people who are like, you know, printing out guides to splitting it up into a miniseries. Right. And then people yelling at them for doing it. Or, yeah. You know, right. whatever. I don't know. But the movie is damn long. Yeah. And this movie, if you cut this movie in half, it would be damn long. It's the slowest movie <laughs> that like ever happened, right? You're supposed to bask in it. It's like uh it's like the last emperor slow. <laughs> oh, <God>. oh man. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I remember that. Uh, I actually do remember that. You know, the last emperor, like you're older. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you come right. out the you other side out. and you're like, well, yeah, I'm wiser because I watched your movie, but just because right. it's been a year, right? <laughs> <I'm>, right. <laughs> it's, and this movie is like that. And not mm. only is it like that, um, but it, it, you know, it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. Right. But it's also like if you are a Scorsese fan, and have watched all of his movies and have loved him for years and right. all that. Like you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> like you've seen that's what this I'm, movie See, that's already. what I'm afraid of. I don't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there, I mean, there are gr- really good things about it. I really loved. It's so funny because, um, you know, people talk about like Joe Pesci is incredible and and everyone in it is great and all that stuff, right? And uh, Anna Paquin doesn't get to talk, but. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, they are. They're right. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. It's still really boring. <laughs> it's, but, you it know. It still, like, is, happens forever. This is cinema, Mark. And then it just keeps happening at This you. is what his big point was. You can take your Avengers Endgame yeah. and put uh, it up against the Irishman. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Uh, if anyone else yeah. made a movie, right, that had so much time, this much time on screen, the exact same amount of time on screen. Yeah. And, and the movie was like a half hour shorter, right? right. Had this much time on screen watching people ride in a car. <laughs> yeah. No one would like the movie. Right. Right. It would be universally panned. They'd make fun of whoever made it. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, so that's my take on The Irishman. Uh, next week, <laughs> next take. week, maybe we'll. Uh, yeah. Get to go back and forth. You can tell all about how it's the greatest thing ever. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I had a list, and I'm going to throw this out before we jump into the movies. I had this list of the best of the decade, and uh, it's disappeared. But I yeah. had a list that I uh, was asked to make, but based on very specific movies, right? So it wasn't like... I could just say, here's my top 10 list of the decade. Right. It was, you have to pick from this set of movies, you know, like Oscar nominees and some other things. And, uh, you can't just write in, right. (laughs) Right. You have to like pick what, what your favorite movies are of these movies, whatever. But I did that and I was going to like go through that. And then, like I said, it's disappeared. Um, but with, uh, having that, having been forced to do that and you know, the end of the decade is a thing anyway, right. When we get to our best list, we're going to do that. So we're, so we always do the best and the worst and then our own personal awards, uh, the can't win awards, uh, which is actually for me is going to be really easy this year. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know what <laughs> where you are on that, right? Irishman. Uh, yeah, the Irishman. Everything, yeah. everyone involved in the Irishman right. uh, will expand to like costume this year. And yeah, right. Just so yeah. the Irishman can win more things. No, uh, there are a lot of movies that I really liked this year that are, uh, you know, small things sure. or you right. know whatever. They're just yeah. they're kind of unlike they're just get. outside the loop yeah. a little bit. So yeah. that just makes things pretty sure. easy. Always. So. Uh, anyway, and then after we do that, we'll uh, we'll do the best of the decade. So we will yeah. we will have our crazy list, which probably needs a preface when we do it too. But even before that, you know, because you get this as well. When you do a best of list for the decade, some people think, well, that's easy. Just go back over your lists from each year and pick the top film. And right. It's not, that's not the way it works. No. Because your your I preference mean, you, you for it could. changes. Your preference for it changes, but even even there are things where, and I know this is, a, it's sort of eating its own tail in a way. I might say that movie A is the best film I saw this year, but I think movie J actually is the best movie this year, <laughs> right? Because there's certain things that it, technically it failed on, or it just didn't have the budget for, or it's really like any number of small things don't qualify it to be the best film but right it doesn't mean it's not right. the best film it's, it's i might such a i might do loop. that too actually I, just for like the comparison like you know like i'll go here here's all my number one if we had done it this but way but then here's my right my actual <clears throat> yeah. list and as i was going through this list it was uh it was interesting to just look back over all these movies yeah and have to you know put the little check mark by some of them or yeah whatever. right because it was interesting because there were movies that I was like, oh, I love that movie. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to check it. <laughs> like, like right. I really, really liked uh-huh. the movie, but I'm like, ah, but you know, now it's eight years later, and sure, I really, I I really love that movie. Uh, you know, just so but, I can check stuff now. But it's like, uh, uh, that's not what I'm going right. to do. You know, right. I mean, it's, right. um, <clears throat> and you know, for me, going back through the decade, uh, no matter where I originally rated a, a movie or where I might have put it on a list, now going back and I'm like, do I want to watch it again? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like that's a hard I, one like, for you I, though because like, you're you're that? really not one to watch rewatch anything. I know, but, but you know, I'll tell you one <laughs> uh, that that stood out to me on on my list, and you have to keep in mind that this is a list uh, that I have to pick from. It's not just right. like every movie, right? So right. it's just this list goes by and you go, I don't know, do you want to check that? Yeah. And you know, a movie that stood out to me was Pitch Perfect. Hmm. Not because I think that's the greatest movie ever made or right. whatever, but it was really awesome. And if I'm if I was limited and I was not limited to any number, right? Right. It was just like pick all of the pick best ones. movies of yeah. the decade, right? You could pick however many you want. Yeah. Uh so I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of like, well, but is that good enough to be in the top ten right. or whatever? Because I just yeah, like pick right. stuff. But uh <clears throat> it just jumped out at me because I was like, you know, I could watch that movie like it's got rewatchability, times, right? Yeah. And right. it's like so fun yeah. and it as much as I don't really like either of the sequels, right? Uh it just was like became such mm. a like cultural thing for such big. a goofy movie, <clears throat> right? Yeah. For such a like yeah. goofy little thing. Um and it just it stood out as whether it was one of the best, it was kind of like one of the biggest deals in movies of the decade it yeah. was like it you know it like took its spot and i remember it not in the same way that american pie took off because that seemed to be absolutely everywhere but that was like a 
easy, disposable comedy. And I remember when Pitch Perfect hit and just people were really into it. Right. All over the place. Right. And then when it got released and then when it was on TV, it's just, it seemed to have carried an awful lot of of life for, for what it was probably looking like on paper. Right. You know, small budget, no big stars, just let's have some fun with it. Right. You know, and I'm, I agree. I'm not wild about the sequels, but that's a great one. All right. Anyway, so uh, that'll be coming. And uh, as usual, you know, that'll be uh, kind of end of January. But anyway. You're getting better. You're getting into lists more. <laughs> it's only taken. You <laughs> no, know what's really funny? No, I'm not. Speaking of, speaking of landmarks and lists, in like two and a half months, we'll have been doing this for eight years. That's, I mean, we're getting close to 10 years on this. That's, that, then that's we're going to have bad. lists all over the place. That's bad. We have to Look, quit. We got to break up. <laughs> Go get Yoko. Bring her right. in. Yeah. That's uh, amazing. I, I can't, I mean. All right. Yeah, actually, you know, speaking of lists, I have an article uh, on Are You Screening? I haven't looked at it in a long time. And uh, <laughs> considering the fact that I've kind of changed a lot of stuff about the website, like, over the years. But, yeah. like, a long time ago, I made a list uh, that was, like, the best movies ever. Yeah. And actually, I made two. I made one that was like, I think it's like the 200 best movies ever or something. And then I made another one. I got to look at this. That was like the 20 best movies ever uh, with Roger Ebert's reactions to those movies. Oh, okay. So right. there, there were like a bunch of movies that like I picked as like the best movies. And, you yeah. know, some of them he liked and some of me hated. Right. And wh- you know, whatever. Anyway, um, but I'm going to go back and, and look at that, actually. <laughs> if, we, if we do the decade... <laughs> Yeah, because that list of the 200 best ever—that's probably yeah previous decade. I mean, right. I wrote it a long yeah, time I bet. ago. So uh, anyway, poor Roger. It's only a couple weeks. Uh, only a couple weeks go that. by before we eventually kick his headstone. Every once in a while, we just drag <laughs> his name up and be like, "Yeah, freaking Roger Ebert." Well, that, I mean, that he punk, deserves it. He that's... does some well for some stuff. But. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway. so. Um, <laughs> I think we better start with, I guess, Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Since that's the, uh, that's slight, the oldest slightly one. older yeah, thing. Right. And uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, you know, I feel like maybe we could do that pretty quickly, or you might have a different reaction to that. But anyway, Ford versus Ferrari. Um, so uh, the, the movie actually, uh, for those who might want to care, is called Le Mans 66 Everywhere Else in the World. Yeah, but that we're in America. <laughs> right. All right. But just so you know. It's Ford right? versus Ferrari. It's even Ford uh, v. Ferrari. And you know what's funny about it, I, I think, is that, is that we're, we were, we're walking out of the movie and I'm like, but why is it called Ford versus Ferrari? Because it makes no sense <laughs> as a title for the movie. Well, because there's there's nothing about it that really is <laughs> Dude, like you know, Ford versus Ferrari. I love America, okay? But you know people are going to be going up to the counter. And yeah, like, like, I'll take one for lemon. Right. They're like, right. Le Mans? They're no, like, nobody knows what that is. Lemon. So you can't call yeah. it that. But still, they right. could call it something. I know. <laughs> they could I come know. up with something. I think it's a riot. Uh, it's it's such a weird <laughs> thing to me that that's what it's called. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so it's uh, Matt Damon, Christian Bale. Uh, Matt Damon is uh, Shelby. Yeah. Uh, Carol Shelby. The uh, famous car designer, right, who uh, worked for for Ford, worked on a lot of Ford things. He was a race car driver. And he won Le Mans. He won, right. Um, and apart from even this movie, uh, because a lot of people might know who he is, but not necessarily because of this, but he designed 
he designed his own cars. Right. Um, he designed sport cars and race cars. Yeah. Um, but he helped design, uh, you know, lots of cars. All kinds of, yeah. Um, and, and worked with Ford a lot. And this obviously is uh, the movie is specifically when Lee Iacocca gets uh, bug up his <laughs> John ass Bernthal to uh, yeah to have Ford get involved in racing right um, because at the time his theory is that there was a huge shift coming in the car market yeah and younger people wanted you know, fast cars. And right. basically uh, the people who bought cars up until this point were people who were not looking for right fast cars yeah. so much right. anyway. Right. Um, you know, kind of like hot rodding at, for cars yeah. was, was like really niche. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and Lee Iacocca was like, Oh no! It's going to be like everybody's going to want that car, right? Right. We're going to sell right. tons yeah. of cars that seem like they can go fast, right? right? Even though no one's going no to drive one wants fast to go that way, or right, whatever. We can, yeah. But right. But anyway, so he he sees it, and uh, so uh, Christian Bale is the guy, as you see in the trailers. He's the guy that uh, Shelby wants to drive. Yeah. For him, he's the like the idiot savant of. Yeah. racing cars he can drive, or whatever right? right he's like a jerk yeah and no one likes <laughs> yeah. him right uh he's he's kind of an ass in the early movie but i'll tell you uh for the whole span of the movie if you kind of then go back and think of the beginning part of the movie it kind of seems a little fake like it seems like that's not actually who that character is he's not really that much of a like jerk guy it's just that that's what we do with him at the beginning yeah. so that we can have it in the back of our minds that he's kind of a jerk. Right. But then he kind of ultimately doesn't really seem like he is much. I don't know. I mean, he's uh, he's like kind of stubborn. He's and hot-headed kind of and he's open-mouthed, right. but he's not like an ass, even though the first thing, like when the customer comes in and he just berates him, you know, <laughs> right, you kind of right. look at you and you're like, I get, and Christian Bale pulls that scene off because he can play that line where you're like, we're, we're going to like that guy, but man, right, what right. a dick. Right. But yeah, he's not that but guy. But then after that, right. you know, right. he's not really very much that guy. Anyway, right. um, but so the whole thing is um, <laughs> Shelby getting kind of involved in doing this. Right. Uh, Lee Iacocca wanting him uh, yeah. because he's won it. And yeah, we and he, want to design our own Ford car that can go and win Le Mans because Ferrari wins it year after year after year. Yeah. And and Ferrari, uh, according to Lee Iacocca, anyway, whether right. it's exactly true or not, right? <laughs> right. Um, for, Ferrari gets a lot out of that, right? Yeah. Like, they get mileage out of that. Right. They Ultimately, Ferrari goes broke. And, right. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, that's just... Facts about the world. It's yeah, not what happened? Right, no spoiler. In the movie. Um, but <laughs> but they get mileage out of being like you know badass, right. hot, sporty car we win Le Mans. thing, whatever. Like, yeah. So Lee Iacocca wants that, and he convinces uh, you know Ford the second right uh, to to go get in there in, into yeah. this right. Yeah. But we've got other people in his ear and whatever. And so uh, basically the movie is that Shelby 
gets involved, but then he's, you know, he's not exactly free to do whatever he wants. And then Christian Bale's like in, and then he's not in. And, you know, people, uh, the higher ups in Ford think that he's not a good look for that, you know, whatever. And then, you know, so there's lots of racing and driving and hilarity ensues. Right. So, uh, anyway, that's the movie. Um, (laughs) and in, in giving this movie a rating, it's weird because, um, I really liked everyone in the movie. And I even liked uh, I liked the way that they put the story together since, you know, this is like based on a true story, right. except that it's actually based on a true story. Right. And it's like, right. This isn't one of those loosely interpreted It's really things. like very much, this is pretty much the true up. story. And yeah. apart from, you know, certain parts where you're racing around or testing the cars and, and you know, drama happens or whatever, and you mm-hmm. might go, I don't know, did that really happen that way? Right. Uh, you know, who knows if it did or didn't. I mean, I guess somebody knows, but yeah, <laughs> but right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, but most of everything that happens is pretty much exactly what happens, and there's actually lots of different accounts of it anyway. Right. And, uh, and uh, the, Shelby was pretty famously vocal about everything that Every avenue of and, it, yeah. And the whole thing. And, uh, you know, there's certain pictures – that become key that actually exists. Yeah. So what are you going to do? It didn't right. happen that way. Yeah. I've got the picture. <laughs> right. yeah. um, and, and so I liked a lot of how it was put together and everything, but there were, just was something missing. Right. So I really, really mm-hmm. liked it. I liked it. I liked them. I liked the movie. Uh, but there was like this odd kind of hollowness to me. Um, what was it? You know, I I don't know exactly. Is it because you it's knew just the way you knew the that, story? No, I don't think so. It's just, sometimes if you know a story based on like historical stuff, the you're way like, eh. certain things happened, I feel like it. Ha- some of the stuff came out like in very simplistic ways, right? Yeah. Like the I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who's like you know second at Ford, oh, who's like, like twisting his mustache, Josh and stuff. Lucas. Like, yeah, Josh. Lucas. Yeah, like everything that he does is kind of like. I don't know. Let's make him be a jerk and screw things up. Okay, right. what's the easiest way we can do that sure, <laughs> or whatever? Sure. You know, like, yeah. like it. It w- there was something just kind of not real about. Yeah, I, I, a, about I, I guess stuff I can see that happens. Kind like, of synthetic. Even if that is like objectively exactly what happened, right? It still didn't happen exactly that way because they were mm-hmm. actually people when they were doing it. Right. That or, right. you know, whatever. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. Um, so there was, there was a lot of it that just seemed like, you know, we're trying to be real movie about it. And yeah, you know, I, I, like can, I can the, see uh, that, you know, like Matt Damon <laughs> takes the board and runs out onto the thing yeah. and stuff. And like, did he do exactly that? You know, if he did, you know, like I said, if he did do it different, yeah. <laughs> like, like make it seem more real. Yeah. Maybe like what really happened seemed fake, right? <laughs> or whatever, or just you know like kind of stagey. I don't know. It was, I think one of the. Well, I don't anyway. know. Anyway, um, so in the end, Uh-oh. I I gave this one an eight though. Oh, that's what I had to um, down for. I I really liked it a lot, and it's kind of weird because you know I'm not uh, super into cars. Yeah, e- even though I drive them uh, like <laughs> right daily <laughs> i operate one but um i mean i've raced cars um but i'm not like ooh mr like i love cars and right like, uh, some flashy car drives by and you're like oh look at that look at the awesome 222 car. was on that yeah, whatever know, right, i don't uh, right. anyway but there was a lot of a lot of the racing stuff 
um, I thought was uh, really well done where you mm-hmm. could just watch it and, yeah. it and it just was a movie and you didn't right. have to like cars yeah, right. because even though we were doing all of this massively car guy stuff, it wasn't the thing. It yeah. wasn't like just, you know, like car porn. Like we were just right. watching right. Super racing things because, ooh, look at the car and we were revving our engines yeah. a lot. And, and in other films, you just see like tons. I mean, you could count them. There's like 30,000 gear shift right. cutaways and it always goes... <laughs> Right. You know, and it's like lightning crashing every time you downshift, you know. And, and, and every time somebody's racing, like the, we got cameras like everywhere yeah, on the car so you can see exactly what's, oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I thought the way that they filmed this, in a way it was sort of less real or it was, it was less like, you know, trying to get you to feel what it's like to be inside the car. Right. Even when there's a part where Matt Damon is just trying to get someone to feel what it's like to be, <laughs> to be in the race car. car. Right. And still, they didn't film that in a way that, you know, I don't know, some people would have liked better. Mm-hmm. I would have liked not as much. Right. But, you know, they, yeah. they weren't like trying to be like a VR roller coaster ride right. thing or whatever right. so that you can go, oh, my gosh, look, I feel the movement yeah, or whatever, right. you know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. So it, I had some problems with some of the characters and – I will say this too, like Ford the second, right, yeah. is uh, is basically just like rich douche, right? right. Uh, that's right. what the notes say in the script of who his character is. Yeah, and he was also just a little, you know, kind of twirling his mustachey. And I'm like, you know, if he was that much of an ass, like mm-hmm. either just don't have him in the movie at all, right? And we'll just like refer to shit that he said <laughs> yeah. at some point, yeah. Or you know, you got to make him a little more human there were like a couple of scenes where you know when shelby like kind of gets his way in an office meeting and you know and and matt damon's like you're welcome right which that was a great scene that's a great scene um and and so when ford was in that scene he was better because yeah uh, not just because he ends up agreeing with him but i don't know he seemed more real and less like a caricature you Mm -hmm. know but so anyway, like all added up, there were just these parts of it that, you know, just felt a little fake to me and a little overly movie. Right. And, you know, they distracted me from other stuff that yeah. I really liked. When uh, <laughs> when Matt, when it's just Matt Damon and Christian Bale or when it's just Christian Bale, yeah. I loved everything. Yeah. Right. Everything about all of that was really good. And um, man, what's that uh, woman's name? Uh, I think her last name is like pronounced Bafe. Oh yeah, right. Um, uh, Catalina. Um, I could be wrong about that, but she's from Outlander, and she she's Kytronia. Really good. Uh, yeah, she was really good. Yeah, anyway. she played Ken Miles' wife. Um, and she has a lot to do in it, actually. Yeah, she's not yeah. just like a and, side, and, side and she side does side. it really yeah. good. Uh, all right. Anyway, so that's my rating. I, I loved it, and I'm not the guy to love this film. I gave it a nine, and I think there are a couple small things, but I think they're very small, and I, and it's weird. I think you pretty much nailed all the stuff that I would have come around to. I just feel a little differently on them. Like so much of what the film gets wrong based on who the characters are later is in the first like 15 minutes. The first time we see Ken miles, like he's an ass that isn't the same guy. Like we just said, Shelby's kind of that guy, but really all we get to see is him driving with like bleary eyes, right? you know, but when we see Ford, you know, he basically walks into this factory and he's like, Basically, come into this room and get on your knees for your job. Right. You know, and I guess that's probably historically accurate, but 
he becomes a more developed character later and it starts through other scenes but the problem is he's looming in the story but he shouldn't be looming in the film and you've got to make that decision for a guy that's not a car guy and and i'm not like you i operate one but i don't fixate on them right you know um to put me in a two and a half hour film that is about a race i don't care about with characters that i i guess are a little bit of an archetype, you know, with actors I really enjoy, I would have thought coming into that, this would have been one of those films where I'm like, you know, probably the best this can do, even if it's amazing, is seven. Right. right. So when I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and it's not overly fixated on, no pun intended, but the mechanics of the story and what it really is, is showing the conflict and the contingency between the relationships of all these different guys it was engaging and it was more fun the longer it went. And it was one of those films that's kind of rare. It was a very fast two and a half hours. Yeah. And not because of the racing. There's a fair amount of racing. There's a lot of mid stuff where they're trying to build the car and test the car. And there's a lot of arguments and, you know, long hours. And everyone's trying to do the right thing because there's all this bureaucracy they got to go through, even with their own team. And I thought that was all enjoyable mostly. There's some stuff in there that I think probably could have been trimmed down. But, you know, it's, I keep hearing all these puns in my head as I'm about to talk, you know, as a movie vehicle, no yeah. pun intended, it relies entirely on the stars and they are absolutely top notch. Yeah. Like, like you said, if they're in a scene together, that's a 10. And there were a couple scenes without Christian Bale that I still liked Matt Damon's, you know, go get him. Like I'm still the Marlboro man kind of like, I have to remember right, this isn't like right. a contemporary film. And I think, I think to some level, my only defense of Josh Lucas is I think, you know, if the film is set in the sixties and, and it is, you know, it's Le Mans 66. I think the character that he is hasn't perfected. And I don't mean him. I mean, the bad guy of that time hasn't perfected villainy yet. So they are kind of like, like a pastiche of like, mustache twirling you know and i i i think all the stuff that he tries to do is so clearly like third grade right you know nowadays we are right. like man i see you coming like <laughs> right. get real but but in that in that instance it, and also josh just he's so good at his job i just want to punch him every single time i see him you know and that's that's the sign of him uh doing his job well uh, you know there are parts where like when Matt Damon runs out, takes the sign and runs out there. Like I, I get that you're like, nah, I got, I I got goosebumps. I'm like, yes, right. do it. Cause now I realized in that moment I'm in the movie. Right, like I'm not right. in the movie, but I'm like, I'm in the story. I want to see Ken Miles kick the crap out of everybody. I want to see him spit in front of, you know, Ford Jr.'s face and say, you know, you didn't trust me to do this. Look at what I can do. I'm the only guy that can do it. And it's weird because that doesn't come too far away from the scene where he actually has to convince uh, Mr. Ford that Ken Miles is the only guy that can drive this car. And he does it in a way that is very movie and in a way that, as far as I understand, actually did happen in real life. Putting him in the, putting him in the prototype car and taking him for a drive, even though he's, he's really not able to fit in the car they jam him in and even as good as carol shelby is at driving the car and he is by all accounts in this instance perfect like he doesn't hit a pylon he doesn't crash the car he's weaving in and out of all of these obstacles and you see the reaction on ford's face is like 
a combination of elation and then confusion and then terror. And by the time he gets to the end of it, he's relieved that the, that the ride is over and he's, you know, he's scared for his own life. But the best part of that like scene is he just, he lets it open up and Matt Damon doesn't rush the line. He just says, you know, this is, this is a very dangerous thing that we're doing. And Ken Miles is the guy that can do it. And I say it and look at how good I just did all this. And he's better than me. You know, there's, there's that moment. There's all the stuff that comes later with, um, with all the tension that Christian Bale has both with the team, but, but more with the executive team. It's, it's not only just believable, but it's, it's almost, it's almost, I, I guess I understand. I guess I understand where you're coming from in that too. Cause it almost seems too by the numbers in the way that I sometimes say is like the Friday night light problem. You know, I've seen this story play out many times already and it kind of feels like even if this was the stuff that that was based on, uh, I don't know. I still thought it was, I still thought it was effective. I still thought it was believable. And in the end, when you're rooting for them to win and they kind of win and they lose, I felt like strangely, that's super satisfying, you know, like all in all small little things here and there, a few scenes to cut out. But I was, I was so stunned when we walked out of that. I'm like, I'm not a car guy. That was a long ass movie. And the only thing that would have made it more surprising is if those two actors were actors that I loathed. You know, if it was just like Pauly Shore and Robert Pattinson, I'd be like, okay, now wait a minute, you know, but I'm not surprised that they pulled it off, but all the little nuances that work, even when it's, even when it's comically foolish, like somebody said, you know, they had a fight once, you're like, they did, you're like right outside their house, they had groceries flying everywhere. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's got to go in. Like maybe that doesn't have to, but in the context of what they're doing in that period of the movie too like i get it like they've got to have that moment because not because they're guys and there's you know grease and oil everywhere but because they're hot-headed and they're very stubborn and they're trying to make the same thing work just differently i you know i i I thought it was great i think a lot of the stuff like that scene which is you know in the trailers and i'm bummed that that's in the trailers right because it it should have been secret yeah i feel like that would have been a lot better watching the movie if you hadn't had that but there are a lot of scenes like there's uh clearly that scene there are several scenes later on where they're talking to each other and it's it's almost like not about anything right it's not absolutely relevant what they're talking about um and there's there's like the one scene one of the best things about Christian Bale in this movie, I think, and it's weird, right? Is the parts where he doesn't go and he's just in the hangar. Oh yeah. Right. He's back. And we're watching that forever. Right. And if it wasn't Christian Bale or Mm -hmm. somebody of his ability, right? That part would be the most boring, be flat, nonsense, dumbass thing that you would just be sitting there going, why the hell am am I watching watching this? Yeah. He'd, he'd like turn the radio on, Right. And go, oh, I'm listening to it. Yeah. And then you're done. Right. You'd be like, fine, I get it. He's listening to the thing. But he is so good in that when he basically does nothing. Right. But he's so good in that, that he like keeps you like on the edge of your seat. Yeah. Just by sitting there looking at a radio. Right. Well, it's. And, and all of those parts, like 
that and when he, you know when he's talking to uh, Matt Damon that there's like you know there's this underlying uh, strange story about where you know the movie is could ultimately be just the weird friendship they have right right and like <clears throat> just looking at that like yeah fine they did this they went to Le Mans yeah, they right. raced cars whatever but, but just they have such a weird relationship yeah. um. And yet it's not that weird a relationship, right? But yeah. just like their friendship and the things that happen and Matt Damon gets kind of forced to do things. Right. And there's an extent to which Matt Damon is the guy. I mean, Shelby is the guy who he'll like put up with stuff because he wants to do this so much right. that he's like, well, I mean, this is what I have to do to do this. And, uh, you know, Christian Bale's on the other side going, nah, I don't want to do it that much, though. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yet, right. Yeah. and yet they have to come together yeah. and stuff. And I don't know. That scene, that scene in The Hangar is a good one, um, just as a quick aside, too, because it it's just so subtle in how it shows, like, the growth of the character. Because earlier we see him lose his temper. He throws a wrench. Right. You know, and he's in this, he's in this hangar. He's been shut out. You know, he's still on the team, but he's not allowed to be the guy. And he knows he has to be the guy, but he's got to change a little bit. And there's tools everywhere. And he's, you can see the fury and the resentment and just the emotion that's there. And the, and a little bit, I mean, I don't think I'm doing too much here. He's like got some self-loathing. He's like, I did this to me, but I can't help it. They don't, you know. Right. And I keep thinking, this is where he's going to explode. He's going to start throwing shit everywhere. And he's focusing it. Like you see, <laughs> right. this is like a weird moment in that character's arc where he's like, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. Right. This is what I got to do. Right. I'm going to keep it right here. And then one day I'm going to knock everybody out like that kind of thing. And it, you're right. Only through Christian Bale's kind of silent portrayal of it, it, it's super effective. Right. And I would watch that hanger like a couple more minutes long. Like <laughs> right, it, it's right, okay. Right. So um, it's surprisingly so, good. Man. Yeah. We got to, um, we got to move on, but I do want to say uh, one thing that was uh, kind of, I mean, I talked about some things that I didn't like, but one thing that uh, I thought kind of really pulled me out of the movie. And I really wish the scene didn't exist at all is when uh, he's driving with his wife and she starts speeding. Yeah. And she's like, tell me what's happening. Right. I, I, I knew you were going to do that one. That didn't fit for me in the movie at all. Right. It was such a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing for anyone to do. Yeah. It's a weird thing for her to do, and it's like a doubly weird thing for her to do because it's almost like, you know, if your job is to ride a roller coaster 10 hours a day, right. and then somebody puts you on a roller coaster and goes, all right, this is what's happening. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, well, I'm scared now. Yeah. Or, well, there like, were times during that where he's he's laughing, but he's right, like, what right. are you doing? <laughs> right. You want to slow it? You're cutting but that too like, close. It's, you know? such a, it's such a weird thing. Yeah. And... I don't feel like it fits the story. Yeah, I feel like it fits it fits the story of the movie when we had like two or three other scenes that ended up deleted. Yeah. And and yet now yeah. we're still having this but not having that. Because the last thing we heard about him racing, right? Cuz he at one point he like quits, right? right? Basically, yep. he quits racing. Um like the last thing we heard her say was don't quit racing. Yeah. And he goes, no, nah, I really got to get some other job. Yeah. Now he, he goes and looks at a car and she's like, you said you were going to quit were racing. Done, like, right. like there were like three scenes of her like going, damn it, you bastard. You have right. to quit racing. Right. I don't want to ever hear of you racing again. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden we got this scene 
but there's nothing. It doesn't actually connect to anything. It doesn't really line up. They yeah. either had to not have this scene, right, or they had to reshoot it mm-hmm. with like a little bit different reaction of her, right? Where she's more mad about the fact that he's not telling her anything, yeah, no matter right. what it is, and not mad that he's racing again, right? Because you're watching it just going. But the hell is she wait, mad at? Right. I just told him. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, mean, I agree. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Thankfully, there's not that many moments like that. But when they are, that's actually, no, and that takes not. up, that takes up a few minutes of the screen too. Yeah. So it's, it's more glaring, but yeah. And uh, I mean, it's kind of funny in a way because she's trying to drive crazy in her like station wagon or right. whatever. Right. Right. Anyway. Um, but overall, like really good movie. Yeah. And one of the best things about really it, great. as I think we've kind of, you know, hinted at is, um, you know, it's a good movie, even if, you know, you, you're not interested in it, even if yeah. you don't think you're going to totally. like it or this Give is it a, like not yeah. your genre or whatever. It's like, you know, if you don't like war movies, but then there's something that I, I works keep, anyway or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like this, it has nothing to do with cars. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going to wa- who are going to go to this specifically because it's about cars, but there are probably people avoiding it because I think it's there about are too. cars yeah. and they should check Ordinarily, it out. I probably would have skipped it. And I keep bringing this up when these type of films come up, that film Rush from a few years ago, yeah. I would have skipped that too. And that would have been a big mistake. I think that was like a nine too. Right, like it's right. strange how these old car films just work. <laughs> right. I don't get it, but... All right, uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, we're kind of running out of time already. Sorry, we can um, do this in marriage story quick. Yeah, I don't know if we can do both of them, but hopefully we can. But uh, so, Mister Rogers, Tom Hanks is Mister Rogers, yep. and uh, this is a really hard movie to try and like classify exactly, right? I think right, um, but it's it's not the story of Mister Rogers. Yeah, right? it's the story about uh, the guy who wrote the Esquire article about right. mr rogers and therefore mr rogers is in it right yeah. <laughs> right um but it is really narrow in time mm-hmm. and even though we kind of try to talk about mr rogers in general that's because he's already mr rogers at this point right not only is he already mr rogers at this point He's already been Mr. Rogers, quit, and right. come back, yeah. and, and is Mr. Rogers again, um, because there was a span, I don't know, it was like three or four years, I don't remember exactly, but he yeah. stopped doing the show, yeah. and then came back after a while, and they even talk about that and everything, yeah. and they're like, uh, you know, he's like, I realized there was so much more to blah, 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 whatever. Right. Um, and we kind of get this whole thing, too, even though it's, I don't know, it's kind of like weird circling around trying to get to various points of the, of what we're doing here um, where, you know, the guy asks him some question. uh, And I think this might've been in a preview. I can't remember what's in the trailers of this and what's just other stuff that I saw at different points and and things. But there's like the part where he says, well, what about Mr. Rogers? Like there's you, Fred, and there's the character you play, Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And he completely avoids the question, right? Right. And then there are like later stages where he tries to ask Mr. Rogers some questions about like, you know, I don't know, the burden he bears of mm-hmm. being the person that everyone comes to for their with their problems. Yeah. And like, you know, he won't engage, right? right? And so there is kind of this effort to be a little bit about 
the broader whole person, right? right? But ultimately, it's really just about this exact time span uh, when this reporter interviewed him and it ended up being like the cover of Esquire right. and, this, and this whole like big, big thing. It was a huge, yeah. Um, and so it's just like it starts when he meets him. It's wherever Mr. Rogers happens to be at that yeah. time. And then it's, you know, we see some people in Mr. Rogers' life, but it's just uh, during that span. And it's it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like the mini narrow window biography <laughs> that was born of that article. Right. So yeah, I think uh, especially going in uh, somewhat blind because I don't know that the trailers give you a lot of idea of exactly what you're going to no, get. No, it right? doesn't. I think a lot of people might go into this thinking, okay, Mr. Rogers documentary. Right. And, and I think that's and, what they and do. It's, yeah. and it's not that at it all. It really isn't. Right? Um, so I had some trouble with this movie because uh, on the one hand, it's Mr. Rogers and you have to love it. And yeah. it's, not a terrible story, except for me, uh, it's a lot about the reporter. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that it, I don't know that it bridges things the way that it thinks it does. I think maybe it bridges things in, uh, I don't know, like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood kind of way. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and not necessarily in, I don't know, as in as much depth as it thinks it does. Um, and on the other hand, uh, Mr. Rogers is a weird dude <laughs> and it is, it is almost like painful to watch him be weird. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't know. Is he really like that? Is he that weird? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but as a movie, the most I could get out of this was a seven. Yeah. I still really liked it kind of. Yeah. But I also, it was just. It was so weird in parts that uh, it almost felt like the script was like we found the guy's notes. Yeah. And then went, we don't even have to do anything. Just like bind it. Right. Now it's a script. Yeah, right. And like go. Do it, and yeah. So you would end up watching stuff where I'm like, why am I watching this? And there's there's this weird like dream sequence in it where all of a sudden he's like in the neighborhood and people are talking to him and stuff. And it's like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and we watch him. I think a lot of the stuff that he does with his family and it ultimately becomes like the story of him getting back together with his dad or like kind of reconnecting with his dad when his dad is dying. Right. And it just so happens that that's when he met Mr. Rogers. Right. And so we'll throw that in. And that's obviously you spend a lot of time with Mr. Rogers, right? You're going to be thinking about stuff. Yeah. So right. now here we are. But there was a lot of it that I just thought I don't know why I'm ultimately watching it. And I feel like this is a movie I'd go back and rewatch. Mm -hmm. And then there'd be parts I'd be like, "What?" It'd be like watching Lost from the beginning, right? After you you've know seen the, the end, yeah. And you go, "What the hell?" Yeah. Like. Uh, I think, like, you know, if you watch Lost and count all the things that never made any sense, it that, never never, went anywhere. that never went anywhere, that right. never connected to anything else that happened in the show, and, and then, like, rewatch this movie with the same mindset, right? Yeah. And, and right. go, 
but why? Right. But why am I watching that? Well, because it was in his notes. Right. Because <laughs> he it's, said. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. And there it is. And I just feel like it was uh, it was trying to do so many things that it would do stuff that I thought was cool, but then I don't know how much sense it made either. Like, you know, when Mr. Rogers, like, gets on the subway and he, he yeah. gets on and everyone starts singing the song. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the whole subway sings the song. And you see the you see the reporter guy and he's like looking around like right what the hell's going on well Mr Rogers been on the air for like ten years yeah, by that right, point right. <laughs> and, and like who doesn't know that that's what why is that surprising he's right. already huge yeah right so it was like like st- I don't know that felt weird but there was there was too much of the stuff in the movie for me that didn't it didn't actually make sense as a movie anymore it was just like a bunch of stuff we wanted to do and we sort of jammed it all together and then you know you get to the end of the movie and you're like i mean mr rogers was a weird dude yeah here's a guy who wrote an article i don't don't know It it was it was just odd i thought there was a lot of oddness to it where i don't feel like it was writing that actually connected and coalesced into an actual script yeah somehow anyway it, it in some ways it's like too good of an adaptation of Tom Junod's article, if I remember it right, and I haven't read it except when it came out. I remember reading it because I remember that was a huge thing. Right. Um, I, I've got different issues with it than you, but I'm still where you are. I'm seven, and I'm a little, I'm a little begrudgingly at seven. I don't want to hate it, um, but I I feel like I almost kind of do. It's, I it, can't quite do it. It does, and I, I, want I can't to. quite do it. And there's a bunch <laughs> of stuff that's going on with it that's effective. The first thing is, I think it's just being, and some of it was my expectations because of the way it was mismarketed. You know, it it should never have said starring Tom Hanks. He's he's absolutely you know a co-star. You right. know, it's it's it represents a film because there was the Mister Rogers documentary a couple years ago that was super you know caught right. fire and everybody loved it. And then all of a sudden, Tom Hanks is going to play Mister Rogers, and everyone's like, Oh my god. I know what I'm right, getting. Right. I'm getting Philadelphia with Fred <laughs> Rogers. And, you know, you don't get that. You don't even pretend to get that, but that's what they're you know, bringing you into in the theater for. In a weird way, too, when we're, you know, you put Tom Hanks in a movie and there's certain expectations. There's certain sure. things in your mind or whatever. And as much as it might seem weird to say, I don't feel like he ever did anything that was that hard. Like, he's just being Mr. Rogers, yeah. but he's not, I don't know. There's some, this there's is weird something one. about, who Mr. Rogers is in the first place. Right. Who Mr. Rogers is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I guess kind of like the myth of mm-hmm. who he is that we're also trying to incorporate somehow in here that all comes together to make not real difficult acting. Yeah, I, 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 it feels I like. It. I've, anyway, seen him, you know? I've seen him act clearer and harder. Not like he's showing that he's acting. I've seen him do that too. I just think Fred Rogers is kind of a strange guy to overact. I think yeah, by yeah. underacting and hitting it right, you look like you're really doing something wrong because you're like that guy's that nobody's like that. This guy was like that. Yeah. No. But and and that's the weird thing too about this movie is that nobody's like that, and they make him so odd. Yeah. Like he's if you just watch Mister, if you just watch the show, sure, you know he's odd in right. some sense right right because he's not your normal guy right right so but in this movie he's really odd and yet we kind of don't 
go anywhere with his oddness. Like if this movie ended in the last five minutes, we found out that he was like a serial killer. Right. I'd go, you don't have to change any of the first part of the movie. <laughs> right. <because> that fits. <laughs> because you know, he's just freaking weird. There, right? There's so much stuff that's happening. There's so many things that I do like about the film. There's a weird thing that happens a little more than halfway through where the attitude of the movie starts making changes. And I didn't like much, if not any of that. I kind of liked the ending of the film just because I felt like it was a representation of what I remember the article was like, you know, and it is interesting at some point in the film when it's very clear that this isn't a movie about Mr. Rogers and and it becomes echoed later where, you know, everyone's like, I wrote this big 10,000 word story and really he's in it, but it's not about him. It's about me. You know, that's more or less what the film should be represented. I don't know if you're going to drag people in, but I also think people that go to see a film about Mr. Rogers are going to love the film that they get because it's going to be, heart-wrenching and warming and like affecting them in that way there's some real big mistakes that the film makes the moment it tries to break that fourth wall the moment that it does these weird dream sequences that i don't remember being in the essay and i don't think it has any business at all being in the film it's totally disengaging there's this utterly annoying patronizing moment where lloyd vogel and fred rogers go out and they're grabbing lunch and he He's trying to life coach him, you know, and I get that. And I get that Mr. Rogers, I guess, kind of did that with people. He had never let, never ending patience for children and they show it in a a kind of effective way, but he just takes on hard cases and just kind of like, is like the emotional enforcer. Like he walks the streets fixing your problems, you know, whether you want him to or not, not, he latches onto you and he's got a gravity to him because of his history and because your history with him as a child, whether or not you've grown out of that as an adult or you're still a child, but there's this moment in this cafe and in this diner where he's telling him, look, just take a minute and think about all the people that have loved you to get you to here. I want you to do that with me. And he's looking at Lloyd and Lloyd's working this out. And then he does the worst thing, the, the director, the the woman whose name I'm blanking on, she does the worst thing in the world. She makes Tom Hanks look at you. He stops and right, he looks right. at you, like you, meaning you or me. He looks at the camera and he's making you do this. He sees you now and he does that for 15 silent seconds. And I almost turned the film off. Right. Because now it starts to make a series of stupid moves that I don't believe these characters, even if it's a loose adaptation or a strict adaptation of this article, it doesn't make any sense. This guy has this tumultuous relationship with his father based on the death of his mother, whom his father has left the both of them to go pursue other relationships. And his wife with their newborn baby doesn't understand any of this. Like she's berating him and she lets him into their house and she creates these conflicts. I don't buy any of this. Fundamentally, there's a story here that's interesting where you take this heavy-handed cynic who has a reputation in the press for the magazines that he's writing for to be a bit of a bastard, and you put him in front of the nicest guy on the planet who he's not going to be able to get a rise of, irresistible force, immovable object, who bends? That's an interesting story, but when you pepper it with all this faculty of unnecessary, like, jetsam and floats, it's just, it's all this stuff that distracts and takes away you know, for the first 30 minutes or so, I'm, I'm into the film. And then it literally is every right. minute it ticks off. And I'm like, nope, nope, at, yeah, nope. At the, and, and I'm at like... The beginning of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the more or less, the kind of the beginning. The beginning's right? very strange, but... Uh, there's there's a part where, like, he comes back yep. uh, to the show 
and like there's Daniel Tiger. Right. And right. and he's like, Did she just talk to the tiger or right. whatever? And then he like walks around and yeah. like stares at him right. as he's like doing the part, holding his arm up in the puppet and everything, and he's yeah. like reading his lines and he's doing it. And he's just like kind of staring at him. And he is sitting there going, This is like the weirdest dude yeah. ever, right? Right. But then he like kind of gets to where he's watching him do that thing yeah. and Daniel Tiger is singing a song or <laughs> yeah. whatever and he's just staring at him. He's like, I don't know, but maybe there's something in there, right? right. Like yeah. that movie I wanted that to see. I do. Right. right. Because that yeah. And that is just not what ultimately happens. Well, it just focused you know, a lot of it, it's like so focused on him, but it's so focused on um just kind of looking at Mr. Rogers being weird without mm-hmm. necessarily doing anything with it, right? Like, yeah. We, you know, like that part where they're in that hotel room and Mr. Yeah. Rogers won't talk, right? right? I was like, man, do something with that. Mm-hmm. Nah, we're <laughs> just going to look at it for a minute yeah. so that you can go, yep, he is, That's him. He is odd, it, right? Those scenes that work real well, like later when they show up and his brother-in-law is like, you're really a Navy SEAL? You know, I heard this. You know, right. there's, there's all these fun things where they humanize him instead of canonize him. And his wife does a, a really great line where she's like, you know, if you make him a saint, then he, then his actions are unatt- unattainable. Like right. everybody can be this. It takes patience. I, I know we're getting close to the end. The thing that strikes me about the film is really like, I, I'd have to, I don't know if I want to watch it again to see it, but it's the, it's the end. Like there's a moment and I'm not, this doesn't ruin anything for anyone. So I don't mind saying it. There's a moment where his wife says, you know, Raj, and she makes a joke. Like we don't call him Mr. Rogers at home, but Raj has a temper, you know, and he's, he makes mistakes and he tries to do better and he does these things. And then later when he himself is talking about it, he's like, yeah, I I get angry. And when I do, I just, you know, I pound clay or I just bang on the piano He's finished a scene, they're ending the film, he's ending his day's work and he goes to this piano and he starts playing, you know, a soft lullaby tune and he just out of nowhere starts banging on the piano, crashing. And I'm like, that's, that's a movie. That's right, a movie. Right. That character right there who feels this weird emotion because he's not just doing it because anyone's around. No one's around. Right. He's mad about something and I don't know what the hell it is because I don't understand what the rest of this film has been about. Right. But in the last like minute of the film... There's 10 seconds of something that makes me want to see another movie. Right. And I'll be damned if I know what the hell went on. I have no clue. (laughs) It's almost like they were like, all right, pick it out of the hat. How are we going to end it? He's getting abducted by aliens and he's going to bang on the piano. Well, we could do that. You know, I'm totally confused by it. Right. And strangely, that's the affection that I have for it right there. It like kind of went up a tick because I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on. So anyway. And that's great. But it's a strangely disappointing movie, especially for how lulling it starts it's not a it's not a smashing like engagement of like awesome character and things like you know who mr rogers is and you're probably right right you know he's even nicer than you think and let me show you but it's fun to watch the cynic try to take him but he's he's like the nicest guy ever and he's so nice that you can't even you you can't get around it yeah but 
He I, says it, but too. But I think he's killed some people. Yeah, he, like. he even says it. He goes, I don't believe it. I can't. He can't be that way. That thing on the subway was great, and it probably really happened, and that's probably why it made it. But it's really fun to just watch this cynical guy watch children, which you expect to sing to Mr. Rogers. But the adults all join right, in. Everybody and he's just looking around, car. and you almost expect him to just mumble a word or two, but he's just like, what the hell is going on? You know? Those parts of the movie are more fun than anything because yeah. he's just trying to adapt to the neighborhood right. that he's living right. in. But too right. much, too much time I, with the weird I, I stuff. I wish it was. You know? I wish it was more of just him dealing yeah. with him. And right. I feel like everything that happened in his own life. Yeah, you could have done it faster, much quicker, better. Yeah, it, it, you know, and not you, as it, dramatic and clumsy. Like it, it really does feel like. Right. And I don't know if it is, but it feels like it's her first film, and she didn't know how to make those adjustments. Right. You know, from what is in the story to what you really want to put on the screen. So, all yeah. right. Uh, so that's uh, that's it for us for today. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have uh, at least Marriage Story. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it should be Knives Out. Oh yeah, uh, right. Next week, and probably three or four other things. Handful of other uh, things. Yeah. Yeah. We got uh, we a lot of catching sure. up to do. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.